Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, live at twitch.tv forward slash Simon316. Thank you to everybody who is joining me right now. Again, look, you've got to make sure you subscribe to the audio feed. Don't want to get into it, but, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever you use. We did a late-night episode. If you're in the UK, it was late-night episode. Talking about Extreme Rules, talking about a bunch of other stuff. It's up there right now. Uh, so it basically means that we're not going to talk about Extreme Rules massively on this show, you see. So if you want all of my opinions, either go to What Culture Wrestling, subscribe over there, and check out Ups and Downs. Or, yeah, make sure you listen to the audio version of the podcast and smash subscribe so you know what's going down. Also, a quick shout out to pinsandknucklesmerch.com. Pinsandknucklesmerch.com for always supporting Simon at 316. And a shout out to all the brand new patrons. Now, I did this on yesterday's show. So there's not like, it, it, I don't get that many patrons a day, but there is one. There's two brand new people that I promise I shout out. So thank you to Corey and thank you to Craig. I hope I think I got that right. Thank you for coming aboard. Patreon.com forward slash simon316 if it died tomorrow so would all my personal projects because i wouldn't be able to afford the time so thank you thank you so much for everyone that supports me uh, on there what an exhausting few days in the world of professional wrestling extreme rules obviously did separate the audience it divided everyone right down the middle it was the, the reason i clearly um sit in a different ballpark to many because and i know the negative nancy is always going to be louder than the positive pete's that's just the way that's the nature of the beast but I loved it in spite of itself, which is a very stupid thing to say, but I thought it was so goofy and I thought it was so dumb and I thought it was so silly. All the matches were amazing. Like the quality of the matches, the in-ring stuff was great. But I, I like the goofiness. I just did. And I will tell you this, Raw was a much more sane show. <laughs> Kyrie sane. Uh, it was a much more sane show, but I preferred... I preferred Extreme Rules. I needed that in my life. And I'm not saying that's a thing you can do every single week. I'm not saying that's something you can do to build new fans. I'm just saying in the world of Simon Miller, when I was sat there on my couch, it was two and a half hours of absolute madness. And I had a giant smile on my face by the end. I know a lot of people got mad about that. But hey, I'm not mad about it. I had a whale of a time. I was positive. That's all I care about. And then obviously we had the fallout going on to Raw. I mean, I want to kind of do it in news bits i guess or whatever the word you want to use is because it's quite clear that wwe is now trying to use marquee matches in order to build up raw and smackdown over the next couple of weeks which is fine i totally get that their uh, their new mission is get the rating back up to probably over 2.0 for for both shows because it has gone down i'm not sure whether they're going to be able to do that without fans but i would guess pure assumption pure speculation that would be their short-term goal Hence why we're getting Oscar versus Sasha Banks on next week's TV for the Raw Women's Championship. It wouldn't surprise me if we're going to get Bailey versus Kyrie Sane for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Hence why Kyrie Sane won. I know this is, uh, well, if you don't know, it's her last week in the company this week. But they did a double taping yesterday. So if she's in the building, she can still go out there and work another match. And it's why we're getting Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. Not only are we getting that rematch again, but we're getting it with exactly the same idea. It's the same story. Or this time, Drew McIntyre is going to pick the stipulations, which is, uh, which is absolutely bizarre. And then to bolster all of this, we're also going to get a big announcement by uh, William Regal on NXT. I don't know what that could be. They mentioned it in passing last night on Raw. So they clearly are doing it to try and you know win this week when they when they go against AEW dynamite i saw some people say maybe keith lee's going to be stripped of one of the titles so that they can do a tournament i think that would be ridiculous because why given the belts to begin with i'd much rather that you do number one contender tournament or something like that but i can't possibly think what else it could be but maybe that's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing let me know if you are live on twitch.tv force assignment 316 what you reckon they're going to do and also smash the follow button i should say as well if you are watching on twitch right now smash that follow button and one day when i actually get into doing this regularly everything will be peaches and cream but i'm a moron and a bald asshole so look it's gonna make tv interesting for a couple of weeks it's just it's a shame that they're all born out of madness 
Like the Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler one, in what world would Dolph Ziggler ever get another opportunity at a world championship when he was not only beaten so convincingly at Extreme Rules, but it was a match that he made up. He couldn't even beat Drew at his own match, and yet some reason he gets uh, he gets another go around. Now, we're obviously going to do Randy... Well, obviously my guess is that we're going to do Randy Orton versus um, uh, Drew McIntyre for the, for the belt at SummerSlam. And I actually quite like that. And the debate that people are having now is... Well, does that mean Randy Orton's going to win? What does that mean for Drew McIntyre's push? Should he lose the title this soon? And I honestly think you could argue it both ways. I really mean that. Drew McIntyre is the best thing in terms of new characters that WWE has had in ages. And no matter what kind of situation or circumstances he gets himself into, he always kicks somebody's ass. And I love that. It's just a character you can get behind. You can believe him as a champion. Obviously, visually, he's believable too. So that ticks all the boxes. But Randy Orton is Orton. You know, he's been around for a long time. He's probably their most superstar-like performer, given his tenure and his legacy. Would I really be that annoyed if he won the championship? Especially because that ties into his own story. It really depends on what the stories are going throughout the rest of 2020. And obviously, the other rumor was that Raw was rewritten. Raw was rewritten so late in the day, they had to postpone the taping. It was meant to be taped at 1 p.m. ET or something, whatever, PST, whatever the thing is. And then it got delayed as they rewrote the show. So whether or not they have a long-term plan, I don't know. But it all really does depend where it's going to go. I, I, I don't think... You'd have to be, you're going to have a favor, you know, you're going to favor one over the other. But I can't imagine you couldn't see the logic in either guy either holding on to the championship or becoming the champion. I think WWE, they are two of the bright lights at the moment. I think WWE's done a great job of both of them. And I do think it feels like a marquee main event, which is what SummerSlam needs. We don't know how over Drew is because there are no fans, but I see nothing but love for him. So I've got to assume it's done all right. And again, Randy Orton is Randy Orton. And right now he feels completely remotivated. It's the kind of match that I would expect to see on the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. So I don't know why some people are freaking out about that. Well, they're mostly freaking out thinking that Randy's going to win, but it depends how he wins it. And it depends what happens to Drew McIntyre after that. Either way, we're getting Dolph Ziggler versus Drew in some kind of stipulation next week. I have no idea what that's going to be. Um, I mean, I really, really don't. Maybe well, they're not going to use it to sell it because Drew isn't going to announce the stipulations until right before the match. So if it's a hardcore match, a ladder match, a lumberjack match, a false count anywhere match, last man standing match, whatever it is, you know, it's not again, it's not that's not the reason anyone's going to be tuning in because we're not going to find out that information. We'll have to wait and see. There's no point poo-pooing it if it actually does a good job and it does increase the rating. It's the same with the Sasha Banks and Oscar stuff. That it, we are in crazy territory with that. Obviously, at the pay-per-view itself, it was kind of mad with all the Bailey becoming the referee and Sasha Banks anointing herself the champion and nobody official in WWE seeming to want to try and sort this out. And then on Raw, Stephanie McMahon just turned up on a big screen. And it's all right for people like you and I, but if you started watching Raw on the 1st of July, 2020, you have no idea who that was. Just some woman appeared on a screen and started making matches. <laughs> Nobody explained who this person was. I don't mind it. The only thing that irked me a little bit, it hit my wrestling nerd geek switch, is when we tried to make out like Oscar didn't win the match. I mean, she clearly did. She, I mean, not officially, no, but then neither did Sasha Banks. But I felt like we shouldn't have mentioned that one. We should have focused more on Sasha. And again, will it be a great match? Of course it will. Those two have amazing chemistry. And it comes with all the no count out, no DQs, no Bailey interference. Otherwise, Sasha's going to be screwed. And I think we do Kyrie Bailey too. The way I would paint all of this is I would have Oscar win, probably due to some shenanigans by Bailey. And then I think Sasha Banks is ultimately going to be the face here. So then Bailey goes into her match with Kyrie saying she wins. Kyrie Sane leaving the company. Out comes Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler wrecks Kyrie Sane to, you know, write her off television properly. Oscar's still your champion on Raw. That sets up Oscar versus Shayna Baszler. And then you, you, we probably want to do Bailey versus Sasha at SummerSlam. So, you know, Bailey costing Sasha her, champ, uh, her chance at being Oscar properly is the catalyst to split those two up. Like, it is going to suck when those two split up, but it's much better to do it too soon than it is too late and i would actually argue that right now is probably the the correct time you know they've been going a good few months it's not like anything's been rushed and while they are two of the better performers on the show think how much better they'll be if we do a feud like if we can feud braun Strowman and bray wyatt for four months whatever it's been we can probably do sasha banks and bailey till the end of the year if we come up with enough narrative and enough um spins on the matches 
I'm I'm perfectly all right with seeing those two go at it until 2021. I mean, what else? What else is there? You know, what else is there? So that's the main thing. I also was pleased that Mustafa Ali came back to WWE again. It's a shame that his story is absolutely bonkers. We saw him on SmackDown. He vanished and he popped up on the other show. Does anybody explain this? No, but that's just the way of things. But the fact that he got a win over MVP, I know it was in a six-man tag. Well, all of that stuff was good. Like, well, let's just start from the beginning. So I didn't know this when I recorded Ups and Downs. I know this now. The reason Ron Simmons was on Raw, because apparently they had this idea to reunite some form of nation of domination. And I guess they were going to get the former Farouk's approval, which seems absolutely, well, out of nowhere, but whatever. But then Shelton Benjamin then appears from nowhere. He pins our truth and then him, MVP and Bobby Lashley go to the ring. Now, I think these three guys are awesome. I think Shelton Benjamin is one of the most underused performers ever. I think Bobby Lashley kind of fits into that category a little bit too. And MVP, ironically, is one of the MVPs on WWE. So putting all these three guys together, especially because two of them kind of have, uh, you know, belts that they are champions. But obviously, Apollo Crews hasn't been around. So MVP is like a fake US champion. And the 24-7 title has its own problems, as, as we do know. But it was still dudes standing in the ring holding gold. And then for them to go into the match with Cedric Alexander and Ricochet while reintroducing Ali to the to the universe, whatever you want to say, and then have him beat MVP, I think is great. I mean, I understand it's like, well, whatever happened to the MVP-Apollo Crews feud? Well, maybe we don't know when Apollo Crews is coming back. And I would much rather someone like Ali got their chance, as long as it doesn't upend Apollo. I don't want that. I want Apollo to be able to come back and still smash it. But I'm never going to get mad of Ali getting some kind of a push. And I think look, MVP versus Ali, it's not a match I ever thought I'd get on WWE television, especially if it, maybe you could do something where whoever wins that feud continues to be this fake US champion and then, you know, out comes Apollo Crews as the real champion and you go from there. That's okay. That prolongs the uh, the narrative as well. But I really did enjoy all of that. I don't really know how Ricochet and Cedric Alexander fit into this long term. I think we should put Cedric Alexander in the group. I think we should turn him heel, which has been the tease. Didn't get any tease like that on Raw. But I think he'll have a lot more upside and a lot more, not potential because he's got all the talent in the world. But I think as a guy that has been misused and miscast in WWE, you need to do something to light a fire under him. Whereas Ricochet has fallen down that well too, but he has been used better than Cedric Alexander. So, And also, I ain't going to buy... Ricochet is a bad guy. I watched that 24-7 documentary. Ricochet is the happiest man on the planet. They should just show that side to, to him more. I, I, I would massively, uh, massively love it. So I like everything that's going on there. Interested to see what Bobby Lashley's going to do. Maybe he feuds with Apollo Crews, wins the championship, and then maybe you do MVP versus Bobby and they fall out. I'd rather we didn't do that because I think they're better together. But again, there's options and it would be interesting. Again, it's all about execution. Execution is a big thing. Uh, let's jump into the comments quickly. Start with bald asshole fan. How can we not? We're saying on her way out, why give her a clean pin over a... Oh, that just went out of the shot. Over a signed superstar like that. Well, again, if it means we do Bailey versus... Kyrie saying next week for the championship and Bailey beats her and then Shayna Baszler like I say comes out afterwards and eats her alive and that's fine it's a way to take her off TV it's a way to make you feel sorry for her and it's a way to get a bunch of heat for for, for Shayna Baszler I didn't mind that at all I really really didn't look if nothing comes of it then I'll change my tune in hindsight but I'm 99% sure that's what we're going to do and also I'll tell you as a little bit of a secret I like Kyrie saying so much and think she's been misused on the main roster that to see her get a win and for her and Oscar to be so happy that's fine with me there's always an exception to the rule um k4 is four i think that's right so what's up simon finally caught you live thanks very much for joining me dude i appreciate it and uh oh every every one i go to read vanishes which is good and dan lemley my man good to see you dan says i hope shelton benjamin gets more tv time now me too i was listening to grinning jr the other day and he said he thinks that they dropped the ball with Shelton Benjamin almost as much as anybody they have done in the sense of not working on his promo skills or giving him a manager because his in-ring ability was so high. And I totally agree. Like, Shelton Benjamin won me over by being amazing in the ring. If they had just, you know, allowed him to develop some kind of a character, which they never really did in the, um, <coughs> excuse me, sort of the mid-2000s, he, he would have been great. He really, really would have done. I, I really like Shelton Benjamin. I like this group. And I like the good guy group. And I like Ali. I liked all of that. Honestly, that was a good few minutes of um, of television. Which I... 
the straight. Like, I don't know how people feel about this. I know some people are mad, but Andrade and Angel Garza losing to the Street Profits. I actually got a kick out of it. Again, it all depends on where it's going to go, but it's so rare. I just, I'm really on this kick at the moment of treating our champions like they're badasses because they should be because they're your champions. You know, look at Dolph Ziggler and uh, Drew McIntyre. Look at Drew McIntyre with anybody. He doesn't suffer fools. He's never made to like an idiot. Even here when Dolph Ziggler begged him for the stipulation, you think, oh, maybe Ziggles will get something. But no, Drew McIntyre just headbutted him. So to see the Street Profits come back, beat Andrade and Angel Garza up backstage and then whip them in a tag team match that wasn't even for the titles, which obviously in WWE land makes you believe that your champions are going to lose. I took something from it, especially with Montez Ford. Montez Ford can jump so high, it should be illegal. It is why he should be in the he should be in the Olympics. I think you should quit WWE Montez Ford and you should be an Olympic athlete. The frog splash is the best frog splash I've ever seen in my entire life. His leapfrog is dumb. The dive he does outside the ring, he goes about 47 million feet in the air. I like Dawkins too. I do. Dawkins, those two together are awesome. But Montez Ford, from a pure agility standpoint, is something else entirely. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I think he he tonks everybody else. It is absolutely unreal, but I, I don't mind champions. I mean, again, the question is, what do we do with Andrade and Angel Garza? They were involved in the Randy Orton Big Show thing at the end, which we'll talk about in a second. They fought with the Viking Raiders, so I suppose they're going to go back to that feud. Originally, I thought they lost because we were going to just feud the two of them together. You know, Zelina Vega will pick one and then they'll go off and do their own thing. But given we had that backstage segment where they seemed like they were friends and because they came out at the end, I don't think we are doing that. So that's a little bit strange. And, you know, who are the Street Profits' new opponents? I can't even think of a tag team they could face. I'm sure that I'm forgetting one. So that could actually age badly. But I was looking at it more from a Street Profits point of view, although, of course, you're 100% right in saying that we built Andrade and Angel up for the last few weeks to simply lose in a non-title match. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to, uh, you'll have to tell me. Uh, James A says, Impact Wrestling pay-per-view on Saturday night alone was better than the last three months of WWE. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I thought Slammiversary was great too. I wouldn't go that far. I won't lie. I think it has its highs, its lows, or its ups and downs. But look... I think Impact's done a great job in sort of lighting a fire under themselves. And I hope a bunch of people tune into Impact this week. And if, even if they can build their audience by one, two, three, four percent, like a small, a small margin, small margins count when you add them all together. So absolutely, Slammiversary, two thumbs up from me. And I want Heath Slater slash Miller to be the, uh, the champion because I just have so much goodwill for him. It's absolutely true. Uh, Aiden Late says, what do you think is next for Orton? Already discussed it. I think he's going to go to the world title picture against Drew. But we'll talk about his main event with the Big Show. Great promo by Orton early in the day. He's just got it now, right? He's in the groove. Big Show's was fine as well. A little bit long, a little bit weird, but doesn't matter. The only real shame was that Ric Flair wasn't involved. And now, look, I don't think Ric Flair should be anywhere near the tapings for obvious reasons, given what's going on in the world. But I love the story. The story of Randy Orton potentially turning on Ric Flair and killing his legend... I thought would be the ultimate kind of turn him into a boss level character. But as it turns out, it sounds like Ric Flair's wife got um, the virus, meaning, of course, while he denies having it himself, you can't go to a DV taping. That takes you out of the deal. So even though Big Show in his promo said that Ric Flair was going to be by ringside, he was not, which was a little bit bizarre. But I guess that's just, the, that's just the world we're living in, unfortunately. But I did think that took something away from it. You know, I'm not saying this would have happened. You probably would have held it off for a little bit. But, you know, Randy on punting the big show after beating him, which is what happened, if you don't know. And then also doing the same to Ric Flair or teasing it or giving me the impression that I'm going to see that eventually. I just think it would have served Randy Orton's character so well. And it would have taken Ric Flair off TV, which is what we wanted. We've got that in any way. But, you know, say la vie. It was fine. I don't understand the unsanctioned bit. I'm not sure how that tied into anything, apart from it being a cool marketing thing, and I imagine people wanted to tune in for that, potentially. But look, hey-ho. It, it, it was, Big Show's not on TV for a while now. You know, Randy Orton's killed Edge. He's killed Christian. He's killed the Big Show. You probably want to try and get one more legend if you can. I'm sure when he fights Drew, it'd be like, oh, you're a future legend, you know, classic wrestling stuff. But I do think he's one of the, I think Randy Orton right now, when you look across all wrestling companies, has as much momentum, if not more, than anybody else. And that's no bad thing at all. Uh, Tasman81 says, I will miss Sane. She is such a good wrestler. Sad to see her go. That's true. But she is going back to Japan to be with her husband. So it's quite a nice situation. And it doesn't sound like any bridges have been burned. 
I like it when wrestlers can leave companies on good terms. It's happy. Uh, Big T Sut says, could the nation of domination really work in 2020? Well, anything can work. Again, it's all about how you treat it. I think the issue with going back to the nation domination is that their peak was like 97. <laughs> and I don't, you know, going 23 years back to... It's, it's, it's WWE's trait is to rely on nostalgia and to rely on the past a little bit too much. You know, why can't... Let's say it's going to be MVP... Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley. Why can't they just be their own guys? Like, why do we have to brandish them with a name from the late 90s? I know why you would do it, but I think it's uh, indicative of uh, attitude that probably needs to change. Let them be their own guys. MVP knows what he's doing. Bobby Lashley is brilliant, and so is Shelton. So it probably could work, but I don't think that we need to. I don't think we just. We don't need to name them that. I just don't. Uh, Math00 says Adam Cole's first main roster feud should be Randy Orton, the legend killer versus the NXT leg slap legend. The only problem with that is, is I don't think Adam Cole would beat Randy Orton. And then you've already told everybody where Cole's place is. I don't think Cole's being called up. I think he's going to probably have a brand new feud on NXT. I don't think he's going to do it. I hope I'm wrong, but I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think that, uh, that, that he will. Uh, Darren says, who is better than Bailey right now? Best women's heel since 2006, Mickey James. Yeah, this is my favorite incarnation of Bailey, I will say. I think she's great. I think she's fun. I think she almost believes this character a bit more than her other one. That's probably not true at all, but it feels more believable to me. And she did something on Raw that made me laugh out loud, and I meant to mention it, and now I've forgotten it. She said or did, <laughs> did something that was so ludicrous. Anyway, the fact that it made me laugh out loud is always a good sign, but uh, yeah, I like her a lot. My man Robert says, hey there, Simon. Hope you're doing well. Where do you want to see Rusev go? I'm hoping for AEW. We talked about this on yesterday's show. Again, make sure you check out the audio feed. Just search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Show on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whatever. The good thing about Rusev or Miro is that I don't think he has that ex-WWE guy. Everyone uses the word stench. I don't like that word, but we'll go with it. Because I don't think he was ever used to his full potential. And I think that's how most fans see it. They're like, of course, he's a former WWE guy, but they never really pulled the trigger on the Rusev Day stuff. And he almost kind of floated around a little bit. And the stuff with Bobby Lashley and Lana was awful. Not awful, just not ideal. You know, we, we want to see Rusev or Miro operating at his creative best. And that's why I think it's exciting. In my dream world, he would go to AEW. He made a video yesterday hinting that he may go to New Japan. Maybe he could work both. I just think he would be great. I, I want to see him in a company where he's allowed to be him. Because as we know, you don't really get the chance to do that in WWE, which is fine. It's a different, you know, it's just a different way of doing things. It's both good and bad, depending on how you look at it. But I think the guy has something... And I think, yeah, I want him to go wherever he can flex that the most. And I think, yeah, it'd be All Elite Wrestling in New Japan. But I don't know. And it's up to him. And ultimately, wherever he goes, Ring of Honor, Impact, doesn't matter. As long as he's making a bunch of money and he's happy. And I get to watch him. And I get to choose to watch him. Should I show wish? Then everything is all right. Uh, Johnny says, when will Sasha turn on Bailey, saving it for the crowd? Well, I think Bailey's going to turn on Sasha. Uh, the way they're telling the story at the moment, I think they'll keep Bailey as the heel. Uh, especially because if you t I don't see how you have a good guy version of that Bailey character. Uh, but no, I don't think they're saving it for the crowd. I think it'll be in the next couple of weeks. I think they're going to build to the SummerSlam match. Any company right now that is saving anything for a crowd is is, is ridiculous. You know, it, you just don't know when it's going to happen. We could get to 2022 and they're still teasing Sasha and Bailey. No, of course, it absolutely sucks that we're not going to get that in front of fans because it will always be better. But it's the same with Gallows and Anderson. Do I want Gallows and Anderson just coming out on TV with uh, with nobody in the seats? Of course I don't. But they get it and I get it. That's just the state of the world. So stick to your guns. Do it at SummerSlam, which I think is when it makes the most sense. And just make sure you can tell the story for the rest of the year. As I've already said, we did it with Braun and Bray. We can do it with those two. Of course we can. Um, in this moment says, um, face Sasha is too weird, like Orton being a face. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think Bailey can do it. Big T says, what do you think of Evil beating Naito then? I had no problem with it whatsoever. I've said, I couldn't believe everybody melted down about that. And you're allowed to melt down. But when I watch The Wire or I watch The Sopranos, I watch Ozark, do I agree with every single story choice? No, but I just let it play out. And it's the same with this. Let's see what Evil does. Let's see what Naito does. Let's see what Okado does. Let's see what uh, Tanahashi does. I don't know yet. It was it was something to debate. And of course, you can criticize it. But I think some people go too far. Like people going, oh, Gato's, he's peaked as a booker. Well, maybe he has. But let it, you know, give it at least a few weeks before you go, uh, you go absolutely crazy. Uh, buying Trump's Tasty Peaches here. Always my favorite name in the chat. Uh, is Alexa a good choice for the Sister Abigail role? No, she's not Sister Abigail. 
Sister Abigail was Bray Wyatt dressed up in drag. That's already been established. Like the whole Alexa Bliss thing was just a flashback to Braun's past. I don't need a real Sister Abigail. I've seen what WWE does when they had a real Sister Abigail. I want to move away from the Sister Abigail role as much as I possibly can because it's not going to be handled in the way you want it to be handled. We need to talk about I versus an I, an I for an I. Really upsetting, I thought, the start of Raw. And when I say really upsetting, I'm being facetious. It's just a wrestling show. It doesn't matter. But to have Tom Phillips just go, oh, I think I think Ray's going to be okay. Doc says probably be all right. I was like, man, I want. I know, I know that Ray Mysterio at the moment is negotiating a contract with WWE. So maybe he goes, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But if he does come back, I want that eye patched up. I want that eye to be a thing. I want wrestlers to go after that eye in matches. I want that eye to be a huge problem for Ray Mysterio to the point that it's crippling. It's crippling. I don't just want it to be thrown away because otherwise what you do is you just you chip away at my uh, my belief. You know, next time you do a big stipulation like this, I just go, well, it's not going to happen. And I know it's nothing new. We do loser leaves town or so-and-so gets fired and they turn up seven, 14 days later. But when it came to an eye, I thought, okay, if Rey Mysterio does leave, it's a great way to write, not a great way, but it's an interesting way to write him off. Tap an AEW, make a joke about it, move on. But if he's coming back to WWE and he doesn't have a big hole in his eye or whatever, what do we even do it for? You know, that's the only thing that got me. And it doesn't matter. I'll get over it. Well, I'm over it. I, I don't care. But to, to, to give that away so early on Raw, I thought was a bit like, oh, it's a bit deflating. And then the other thing that surprised me was that Seth Rollins beat Alistair Black. Now, losing to Seth Rollins is not a problem. He's Seth freaking Rollins. He's, I mean, top two, top three in the company when it comes to, uh, you know, enviable positions. I think my worry comes more from the state that Alistair Black was a Paul Heyman guy, and I don't feel like Alistair Black is a Vince McMahon or a Bruce Pritchard guy. Hasn't really been on TV that much over the last few uh, weeks. Obviously, team with Humberto Carrillo a little bit, but he kind of came and went, came and went, has this match with Seth Rollins, loses, and then felt like he got right off TV with the arm. I just find it a bit baffling because is he going to be a future star? I don't know, but we should once again give him the opportunity to be one, see if he's going to sink and swim, sink or swim and go from there. So that perplexed me more. That perplexed me more than Kyrie Sane beating Bailey because I can potentially see where that one's going to go, not that it necessarily will. But I don't imagine a world where Alistair Black comes back to beat Seth Rollins, which says to me that they just don't think that Alistair Black is someone they want to get behind, which is fine. It's their company. They can do what they want. But I think there's something there, and I would love to have seen it evolve. And I don't think it's going to happen. Also, why didn't Kevin Owens come out to save <laughs> to save his mate or to get any kind of revenge against Seth, given that they had a big fight and he beat his best friend at the pay-per-view? Lots of answers um and uh so lots of questions and we never get any answers uh candy friend says alistair black in early march is what drew me back into wwe after 10 years not he now he's just not being booked now he's just being booked to lose a lot lately I, I don't he hasn't suffered that many losses on the main roster he lost to aj styles once in a gauntlet match i think but in terms of singles competition they are few and far between I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I don't know everything. I barely know anything is the truth of the matter. But I hope that uh, I hope I get surprised by something. I really, really, really do. Because there's something in Alistair Black. There is. And there's something in Bianca Belair, too. I think we can all agree with this. She just she knows who she is straight away. Like whether you liked her promo or not, in, you watch and you go, that's Bianca Belair. Perfect. Awesome. We don't get that enough. And I didn't mind Ruby Wright beating Peyton Royce. It was there. I enjoyed how happy Ruby Wright was. I thought it felt real, even though I'm sure it wasn't. She hadn't won a match since February 2019, taking away the tag match from last match, as last week's singles competition. Poor Ruby Wright. Also, it was meant to be Liv Morgan in this Bianca Belair role, it turns out. But the damn global pandemic came again. But as long as Bianca Belair is back on TV and Liv Morgan gets back eventually. It was just there. Peyton Royce was, uh, sorry, Billy Kay was taking care of business. Sounds like a global pandemic situation thing. Whatever. Um, and the Shayna Baszler, you know, Shayna Baszler did that promo as well during the uh, Bailey Kyrie Sane match, which also leads me to believe in my in the thing that I pitched earlier. I don't mind that. I really, really, really don't. I actually think that's quite a nice back-to-back. -back. They should have announced that the, they're going to do it. They should have announced the title match on Raw. I will concede that one. But it feels like we're in a state of flux with Raw at the moment. It was such an odd show. It was like... It was enjoyable, but it also felt like it dragged just because we were re-going over so much of the stuff we'd already done at Extreme Rules. You know, Drew versus Dolph and then the Oscar and Sasha stuff, which I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but it just felt a bit like a repeat, which was um, 
which is a little bit of a of a shame. Um, but I don't know. They're clearly going after TV ratings, which um, which rates make sense. Um, X. W, hang on, XMW3. I was surprised how much Kyrie dominated her match with Bailey as well as beating her. This is clearly the theme of the day. People shocked by this. My man Sink says, is it possible that Edge would come back at number 21, 21 in the 2021 Raw Rumble and Randy Orton is the only one in the ring because he slated the ring and has like eliminations? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, anything is possible. I don't think that will happen. But yes, anything, anything is absolutely, absolutely possible. Uh, Blade says, if Adam Cole's go up, I would be worried for him. I don't think Vince will book the Undisputed Era right. Bobby Fish would probably have a fisherman gimmick by the end of the year. Potentially. I'm not going to uh, pretend otherwise. And Math says, I hope Ray's new character is getting PTSD when seeing steel stairs and or corrugated metal. The steps have been removed for all his matches. He gets bullied by heels with sheets of metal. Absolute gold. I mean, maybe that's a bit much, <laughs> but something like that, yes. You know, I think there needs to be some scarring here if your eye got taken out. There's also this rumor going around that we did have a graphic version of this. A really over-the-top, bloody, gory, stupid version of the eyeball just rolling around and everyone going, oh, was filmed, but they went for the one that they did instead. Which begs two questions. One, how crazy was it that Vince McMahon said he didn't want to air it? But also, two... What did they think they would have to do with an eye versus an eye match? So you book a match where someone has to remove somebody else's eye and then watch it and go, that's a bit disgusting. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. However, Rey Mysterio eye was a huge Google search yesterday. And that makes me happy deep down in my, uh, deep down in my stomach. Um... Buying Trump's Tasty Peach uh, just says, wish Apollo Crews a speedy recovery. What hurts is WWE is covering it up. I will say... I. You, you do get this strange disconnect where we know the reason he's out and WWE say it's because he got Phil Nelson. It's okay if the story is designed to take somebody out, but then retroactively going back and just fitting things into place where other things have already sort of knocked that off its perch, is it, that's just so crazy. That's, that, that's like dramatic irony. I'm like, oh man, how did we get here? So, so strange. But they're doing what they can now, I suppose. I'm probably giving them a little bit too much credit, but... We shrug our shoulders. We shrug our shoulders and go on. I think that's most of the uh, the major tidbits that we need to talk about. Um, AEW and NXT. I mean, we don't know what's going on in NXT, but AEW is quite loaded up this week. So I imagine that NXT will come out with some uh, some some statement, uh, some statement, some matches beforehand to try and to try and push on that. I'm just uh, I'm just looking. Well, I would do if my phone was going to work and was going to load up my notes, but they're not. But SmackDown will be interesting. Um, there was there, something has been announced for SmackDown. I don't know what it is. I can't remember. It can't be that important. We didn't talk about SmackDown from last week. SmackDown just at the moment seems like a lost bird. It doesn't seem like it has any clue what direction it wants to head in. It's, just, it's so much weird stuff. So much weird stuff on that show. A lot of people didn't like Matt Riddle losing to AJ Styles. I would agree with that. Uh, I didn't. I thought the match was so good. That I was like, I'm so used to these new stars losing. It didn't really affect me that much. But you know, if Baron Corbin's going to attack Matt Riddle at the end anyway, why doesn't he just attack him in the middle of the match? Like WWE does all the time. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. I wouldn't be able to, to explain it. But as long as Matt Riddle beats Baron Corbin in their feud and comes out the other side and gets put into a big program, I don't think we'll remember that AJ Styles beat him. And But, you know, we probably should go back to a time when if you are going to bring somebody new onto the roster and you are going to push them try not to have them lose and everyone goes it doesn't matter if people win or lose yes to a certain extent but look at Goldberg there's a reason everyone loved Goldberg and it was for the streak and it was because he didn't lose and he came across like a badass these um these things work so it's the bar fight that's what it is I knew something was going on on Smackdown yeah they moved the bar fight off extreme rules to television again to try and uh, try and push those ratings up kind of terrified about that match if I'm completely honest you know, this idea that Jeff Hardy's third opponent or second opponent, I should say, in the, in the whole thing is is booze and that he may get so drunk <laughs> that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's just too close to home for me. It just is. That's how I feel about it. If you disagree, that's great. And as long as Jeff Hardy's fine with it, he can do whatever he wants. And I don't necessarily think it makes for awesome uh, television watching is what I will say. And I think he needs to win this match. And personally, I would like to draw draw a line under it. But I don't think we'll do that. I think if he does win, we'll have to do the third match simply because it's one-on-one. -on -one, and that's how WWE works their feuds. And we have to find out what's going on with Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt too. Surely now at SummerSlam, it's The Fiend versus Braun Strowman with The Fiend winning the Universal Championship back. 
Is that one match too many? I know the Swamp match absolutely was the the big controversial point. Even in a match where someone lost an eye, it was the Swamp fight that really split people. I, I, I guess my expectations were exactly what I got, so I wasn't negative on it. That's just a WWE cinematic match. found it a bit strange that people say, oh, it didn't have a finish. I mean, I would argue that none of these have had a finish in terms of when it shot when you know shot from interesting angles and it also did braun Strowman got pulled into the swamp and the fiend got out of there that's the finish braun Strowman's dead and he's lucky in a way because he murdered a man during this and he's gonna get in trouble so you know he doesn't have to serve 35 years in jail i also learned this morning that the dudes that were trying to beat up braun Strowman were meant to be luke harper and eric rowan that's why they had the masks on and why they were dressed up on them. That went right over my head. I didn't pick up on that at all. Then I watched it back and I was like, oh yeah, I should have picked up on that. A little bit, whatever. But this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. I don't know what... Be should it have ended the show, I guess, is the big question. I like that it did because I enjoyed the fake out and I like a good fake out. But yeah, should it have ended the show? I don't know because it left, it left a lot of people with uh, a, a, bad, a bad taste in their mouth. But look... If you're, gonna, if you're going to roll the dice with this kind of stuff, of course some people are going to love it. Some people didn't like the Boneyard match. Now, I think the Boneyard match was much better than the Swap match. I think the Boneyard match may be number one of cinematic matches. If you count the stadium stampede, I'd have to sit down and watch them again. And I certainly preferred that one, but it, it didn't feel completely unrelated to what we had done there. Maybe it's just that AJ Styles and The Undertaker are characters that the fans want to invest in more than Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. I will say that Braun Strowman got dealt a horrible card when he was given the Universal title when he wasn't meant to have it, which meant there was no plan leading into it. There was no plan leading out of it. It was confusing because Roman Reigns just vanished, still just vanished from the face of the planet. Like I said earlier, if you started watching wrestling in early March, you're still going, where's that guy gone? I thought he was like a main player. Poof, just absolutely, you know, disappeared from my screens. It's not the way I think you should have left to his first, his first title run. And I do think he'll lose it at SummerSlam. And then I think when you look at it, it's going to be a very, very odd reign. I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Um, James says, oh, stop. Just forget that stupid Bray and Strowman feud. Both shouldn't be Universal Champion. Uh, James, unfortunately, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to go on. Uh, Bald Asshole Fan says, who didn't like the Boneyard match? Dude, there's always one guy. Even things that feel like they're universally praised, there's always one guy that puts his head uh, above the parapet and just goes, well, I didn't like it. And it's like, oh, dude, would you shut up? Would you shut up? Also, the amount of murders that have happened in these cinematic matches, getting into double figures. It truly is. Uh, Math says, people were shocked that a Bray Wyatt cinematic match didn't have any grappling. <laughs> the thing with Wyatt is that you should never take anything with him at face value. Everything has double meaning. So Math is going full in on the, the spookiness of the Bray Wyatt character. Uh, XW, uh, XMW says, what do you think about the Oscar and Sasha Banks match next week? Yeah, I think it will be great. I think how we got there is a bit higgledy-piggledy, but... You know, who, who doesn't want to see those two have a wrestling match? They're very good, and it was very good at the pay-per-view, too. Uh, Eyeball said, oh, well, I'm glad you mentioned this, Eyeball. CM Punk versus Hardy had a real-life background, and it was one of the best feuds of 2009. Yes, the difference was, though, and also, I'll be honest, I thought that was too much as well. But the difference was, since then, since, in the 11 years since then, Jeff Hardy has been involved in many other incidences which just make it a little bit more uncomfortable. So it was a little bit uncomfortable then, and it's more uncomfortable now. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. My total approach has always been if Jeff Hardy gives it the green light, they should be able to do whatever they want. So if I want to wear a wig, no one gets to tell me I can't wear a wig. It's my baldness. I'll do whatever the hell I want with it. I'm just saying as a fan, I sit there and I'm like, meh. Especially because there, you know, somebody in my family was an alcoholic. I'm just like, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not saying you can't touch upon real life issues when you know it's actually someone that was there like six, eight, 12 months ago. Like Matt Hardy feels the same. And I think his opinion counts for far more than mine because he's his brother and he's probably just worried about where it can go. But look, if you're loving it, I always say this. If somebody doesn't like a segment and you do, you win. If you enjoy the entertainment product that's put out there, that's what you tuned in for. You've won. It doesn't matter all the naysayers and all the... It doesn't matter. They, they're the ones that are drowning in their pit of despair. You're sat on the mountain of happiness. And everybody wants to be sat on the mountain of happiness. It's just true. Uh, Blade says, next week, Vince has to pull the trigger on Bailey versus Banks for SummerSlam. I think so, yeah. I think it should not necessarily pull the trigger, but the, uh, a much bigger tease. We should start heading in that direction. I, I, I'm totally with you. 
Um, Bald Asshole Fan says, Simon, keep the Saturday night main event theme on SmackDown going forward? Question mark. Oh, you mean the thing at the start with the intro? Yeah, I was a little bit upset that we started Raw this week just with Rey Mysterio and Murphy. Not because it's them, but the whole send out your top some of your top guys to cut a promo sometimes it works but it's just the same as anything you get bored of the same thing over and over and having that dun 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 music with aj Styles and matt riddle was there in the new day cutting these big promos and letting you know what you were about to see fantastic it was like a commercial literally before the show and i don't think you can do it every week but come up with more of these ideas like the cool things about the cinematic matches are that they are creative and they have come from a place where wwe and AEW have had their backs against the wall but don't just stop it there given that you don't have any fans and you're not going to get a negative backlash live why don't we just start trying everything throw everything at the wall see what sticks change the structure of the show change the matches you know do whatever you can if it works great if it doesn't well, nothing's technically working at the moment because there's a huge percentage of people that won't even watch wrestling unless it has an audience, which I can also understand. Now, when I see fans in the arena making noise, I'm like, get my pipe out. Like, what's this strange anomaly? Because you just get used to things because you have to. Hopefully they will. Hopefully they will. Hopefully that will be sort of the last bastion that they give a go to. I'd love to watch a Raw that didn't feel like Raw. Do you know what I mean? That was just completely, we're going to try all these new things. It's a risk, and you may actually alienate the audience you had left, but I know that I would appreciate it, even if it wasn't necessarily for me, which sounds like a a contradiction in terms. I think there's some stat that, because obviously Raw and SmackDown on Fox, sorry, AEW and Fox started around the same time, uh, and NXT. At some point soon, in like September, we will have had more SmackDown on Foxes, AEW Dynamites, NXT on USAs without fans than we have with fans. And that's a horrible thing to think about. And who even knows when they can get back in the building? I don't want to labor on this point because it's horrible. I look forward to them coming back. They are a part of the experience. Uh, Wayne says, who would you like to see in the main event picture? It's a good question. Who would I like to see in the main event picture right now when I go through? Well, I mean, Drew McIntyre would be one. So I'm very happy with that decision. Uh, Matt Riddle, I would have got there earlier. Um... Not that I'm the biggest Matt Riddle fan, but I just think that he has something that a lot of people do like. So I would just give him a go and see what he can do. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I would put back in the main event scene and treat him like a main eventer. I don't think he ever was. Um, I think that's kind of why he feels... He doesn't feel flat at the moment, but he doesn't feel as exciting as he maybe would have done beforehand. And Kevin Owens would be the other guy. To me, Kevin Owens has something that nobody else does. I don't know what that is. It's just an intrinsic quality that I always enjoy. And I like him as a face or a heel. So I would uh, I would try and move him up there as well. But it doesn't seem like that's what they want to do. Like I'd love a Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens match. I don't know how you do that because they are very set in their ways when it comes to good guys and bad guys. But I'd enjoy it as a fan. Absolutely. And you would like to see The Miz in the main event. Well, it depends on the story. I do like The Miz. I mean, John Morrison's another guy. That's something that did annoy me on SmackDown. You could have jobbed anybody out to Braun Strowman. I honestly think that John Morrison has the experience and the chops to... He could be a world champion and be a believable one and have good matches with anybody that you wanted. So to kind of actively just put him in the same position that he was 10 years ago, even though he's gone out there and learned so much, it just seems a little bit confusing to me. But what do I know? Again, bald asshole. I don't know anything. Uh, Eyeball says, I need to be honest, I haven't watched one full show since the pandemic because it just feels awful. It's just hard to watch and get hooked by a promo or a match in an empty arena. No one's going to argue with you. I can always find a way to extract the positives, but you know, you're certainly not alone. So it'd be stupid to pretend, um, stupid to pretend otherwise. And Govu thinks that John Morrison is being dragged down by The Miz. Mm, I don't know. I think The Miz has got a lot of tenure. I think their comedy gimmick is is dragging them both down. But that's not necessarily their fault either. Right, we'll do the news check before we start to wrap up. And of course, at 2 p.m., make sure you head over to What Culture Wrestling. If you are watching live on twitch.tv, for us summer 316 to check out Ups and Downs live for Raw. We had a lot of fun this week, I'll say that. I had a lot of fun. Basically, just coming off the back of everything that happened at Extreme Rules. It was exciting. There is this stuff going around that apparently Tessa Blanchard wanted 150 grand to return to Impact to drop the world title. True, not true. I don't know. But I saw that figure and a lot of people like to talk about what the hell happened there. I've given you the information. You can do uh, you, you can do whatever you want with that. And I think that's it. I don't think anything else is going on. Nothing major. Nothing major is broke. Somebody told me the other day that John Cena was about to come back to WWE. I was like, he is not. <laughs> there is no need. To, someone said The Rock as well. So there is a Brock. Those three guys are not coming back till there's fans. And I don't think John Cena and The Rock are coming back anytime soon, if at all. They just don't need to. I will say watch Raw Talk. 
if you if you saw that Shayna Baszler promo on on Raw, and <laughs> and then you go and watch Raw talk, it is like night and day. It's like we should we should let her talk more, right? I'm just gonna get up the other questions that I said I would answer on the show. Oh, there's only one, which is fine. It's by my man Tyler, who says, "What are your thoughts on the recent trend of having?" Uh, double champions, Keith Lee, Bailey, Sasha, and in New Japan's case, a triple champion in Evil. Do you think this trend will continue after Cody, uh, COVID, <laughs> Cody, when more talent becomes available? No, and to be honest, as much as I like Sasha Banks and Bailey, I wouldn't have them as the tag team champions for much longer. You know, look at the karaoke situation. You know, you know Tamina, Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, uh, Dana Brooke. I know Lana and Natalia are out at the moment, but they still exist. Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, the Iconics. You know, you can have all the Sasha Banks and Bailey stuff without the tag team championships. I think you want to spread them around just so you can get more people involved and build more stories. You know, it's all about stories. It just is. In-ring work is essential. But the more interesting stories you can have on the show, the more likely I am to watch from start to finish. I mean, I watch from start to finish anyway. It's my job. I'm very blessed and lucky to do that. But, you know, I, I, I don't mind more. I don't mind more of that. Uh, Govu says John Cena and The Rock will be strictly Wrestlemania I don't think they're turning up to Wrestlemania I don't think you're going to see them for a, for a long damn time uh, right I'll answer the last couple of questions and then we will wrap this up uh, XM says what do you think about Ember Moon's injury she has a unique tear and could be injured for life I know you just have to hope that she's not you know Daniel Bryan came back uh, Edge came back there's plenty of other people that I'm probably not thinking off the top of my head you just got to send her all the best and hope that she does okay talking about that on a, on a two two notes so Aubrey Edwards, the referee in AEW, and Kayla Braxton, the backstage interviewer in WWE. This is nothing to do with the people that are watching, because I find that most people, luckily, watch my stuff are good people. But anybody that is going after Aubrey Edwards saying she, she shouldn't wear her lipstick as red as she does, go put your head in a toilet. Don't kill yourself. Just do it, because it's embarrassing. And anyone that sent Kayla Braxton mean messages about her getting coronavirus, please go find another toilet and stick your head in it. What are people doing? What is wrong with people? Think how awful that is. One, getting coronavirus, I'm saying the bad word, I've done it now, is bad. <laughs> and you should have, you know, good thoughts towards your fellow man and woman and and hope that they get better. And if Aubrey Edwards wants to flip and put green lipstick on and dye her hair purple, she's allowed to do it because she's a human being and an individual. It doesn't take away from anything. Some people wear lipstick. I just, I can't believe some of the hate that gets thrown on Twitter. And given that I do have a platform, like, oh man, I can rant and rave about this and get it off my chest. It just blows my brain. Even if my worst enemy, my worst enemy got the, uh, the, the, the virus, I, I would hope that they got better. Doesn't mean I want to talk to them. Doesn't mean I want to know how their day's gone. I'm not going to send any Christmas or Hanukkah cards. But I, I don't want any. I don't want ill will to happen to anybody. I can just ignore that person. The internet's an amazing thing. You just block them out of your life. It's my new favorite thing now. Just block everyone. Even if the, what they've said is only like 50% asshole, I'm like, well, I want to have a 0% asshole life. So you block them. And they somehow get in touch with you another way and said, well, why would you do that? I said, because you're 50% asshole. Anything with a little bit of a ting, it's just no need. I just don't need it because nine times out of ten, I don't care. And I actually like all the comments because engagement is awesome. But if you are having a bad day, you don't need it. You just don't need it. And everybody has bad days. It's just the truth. But uh, hey-ho, I'm sure those two are doing fine. They put out their own independent... Uh, they don't need me talking on their behalf. They put out their own responses and, and, and run these people into the ground as they so deserved. Uh, right, a couple of last questions. My man, Galaxy, is there any update to WWE holding their shows in an arena? I know they were looking into it a few weeks ago. Yeah, they were. But then, unfortunately, cases in America skyrocketed. They wanted to delay SummerSlam to get fans in the arena. And look, now they're just running it in the August weekend as usual. The answer is we don't know. I would be surprised if we see proper fans this year, is my guess. And look, as someone that is an independent professional wrestler over here in the UK, that sucks for me because who even knows when that's... You know, if you can't do the big events, the small events sometimes are even harder to pull off. So I hope that I'm wrong, but I fear that I'm right. But we will, um, we will find out. Retshit says, People on Twitter somehow think that most public figures are supposed to be robots, which is bonkers. You're right. Uh, not the best person to pull from, but Mike Tyson summed it up best when he said social media has taught people they can say whatever they want and not get punched in the face. <laughs> That's true. You wouldn't say this stuff to anybody in the street, but because you're hidden behind a computer, you think you can get away with it. Um, where am I going to go next? Uh, Darren says, do you like the new batch of WWE themes? To be honest, I, I haven't even noticed. So they must sound a lot like the old themes. I know they got rid of, um, well, not rid, they changed from CKY or whatever they were called. I can't remember to somebody else. 
it hasn't really stood out. James Johnston will always be the GOAT for me when it comes to themes. He was the best ever. Uh, Rhett Shooter says, who could be the next opponent for Orton? We talked about it. It'll be uh, Drew McIntyre. I'm 99% sure. And Galaxy says, do you think Seth Rollins will change his theme back once he turns face? 100%. That's why he changed it. Seth Rollins, smart guy. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, new character. Well, he knows at one point he will go back. It will be a little bit tricky, but it will happen. And he wants to make sure he gets that pop that he's protected, that he can come across like the guy he did in 2019, early 2019. It was one of the big issues with Roman Reigns. Once he left the Shield, he should have, you know, done something different. And hopefully when he does come back, and I hope he does whenever he feels ready, but the sooner the better, I hope he comes back completely different because I think it will give him a new lease of life. And, uh, and look, if it doesn't work again with the uh, face attempt, I think now is the time to make him a bad guy. Do whatever you've got to do to get fans interested again. And if what you've tried hasn't worked before, don't keep doing it over and over because that is the definition of insanity. And the last one says, what do you think Drew's stipulation will be? Oh, dude, I mean, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to guess... Probably like Dolph Ziggler has to leave Raw, which is mad because I'm pretty sure he only just joined Raw. I get so confused with the brand split. But I'm going to say, yeah, career over, blah, 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 which obviously means nothing in WWE, but something huge. And then Dolph Ziggler will be so surprised he'll lose and we won't see him for a while. And then he will come back. I shrug my shoulders. Right, on that note, thanks so much for watching. Uh, if you are watching live on Twitch, head over to What Culture right now. You can catch my ups and downs. Otherwise, patreon.com forward slash Simula316. Even if you give me a dollar, or just give me a dollar, donate, pledge, whatever, a dollar. It helps so much. And uh, you can come on one of my podcasts. Again, the audio feed. I've got a bunch of Patreon-related podcasts you can check out. Uh, just get videos and all this kind of nonsense. Shout out to my man's pins and knuckles merch.com. Thank you for the support. Come say hello to me on Simon316 on Twitter and Instagram. And I've got a YouTube channel, Simon Miller. And for the people that do always ask, we moved from YouTube to Twitch because somebody said, Simon, stop streaming on YouTube. It's screwing up your on-demand views or whatever you want to call it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. The man was right. <laughs> he was 100% right. I, if you are out there right now and you're trying to carve a pathway in uh, multimedia and videos, unless you're going to exclusively stream on YouTube, do not stream on YouTube. It, I, I'll show you my analytics. It 100% holds you back in terms of getting views. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But the information was passed to me. And like Batman... I'm now passing the information to you because we all know that Batman loves social media. Uh, smash the follow button if you are watching on Twitch right now. And what's eventually going to happen, I know if you're a weekly listener, you're bored of this. Eventually what will happen is the Tuesday show, 100% always goes up on the audio feed. The Thursday show always goes up. And I'm going to start doing sort of 20, 30 minute shows here and there so we can get the watch time up. And because it will be fun. And those won't. They'll be exclusive to Twitch. So that way, if you want to get everything, make sure you follow on Twitch. Make sure you subscribe on the audio channels. I'm not doing it for that. That's just the way that it's fallen. But it sounds quite fun to me. So that's what we're going to do. Right. Give you a salute. That's it. That's the end. I'm going to go. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>